Hey there, listeners, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. It's time for our mid-season review, where we look back on, in this case, the 2020 winter season, now that we are partway through. My name is Vry. I'm a writer and contributor at Anime Feminist, uh, they, them. You can find me on Twitter, at WriterVry, where I freelance a bunch of places and currently tweet a lot about Yu-Gi-Oh! Or the other podcast I co-host, at TrashPod. And with me today are Caitlin and Peter. Hello. I'm Caitlin. Really bringing that energy. (laughs) I am a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes. That's going to be my bio today. Yay. The tomato. Heck yeah. All right. Okay. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, Uh, that's me. All right. Cool. I'm uh, Peter Fobian. I'm an associate producer at Crunchyroll and a editor at Anime Feminist. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, as usual, uh, th- if this is your first time joining us, what we do is we go over our premiere digest and we work from the bottom of the list up. We're going to try and work through the red flag stuff pretty quickly. Peter, uh, as always, I think you're the only one watching most of these. Is there anything you would like to say? Um, just real quick, call out post for Peter, because I always assumed you watched these really bad ones just because, uh, professional, like, because you, professional obligations. Yes. But now you're watching Plunderer, which is a Funimation show. Yeah. I also watch anime titles that other streaming services have as part of my work. Okay. Although, on that subject, I am strongly considering dropping three series this year just because I don't know if I can do it. It might be beyond my ability to... (laughs) This is the first time this has ever happened. That's real bad. Yeah. Sometimes I think it would be nice if I could drop them, but this time I'm just going like, is is the juice worth the squeeze? One of those is Plunderer. Yeah. They recently, or I guess it was like in episode three, they introduced like, it's basically like fantasy Leslie Nope, I guess. She works for whatever that military organization is, and she is always trying to, like, build parks for kids, playgrounds, try to improve the local, I don't know, infrastructure. They live in a weird tower. Mm, and where does the threat of sexual assault come in? Because this is Plunderer. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like, so the Tom Haverford of her town is just constantly facilitating her sexual harassment at the hands of the protagonist. Her, she, her account comes from, uh, I guess, helping people. So he says to help this guy who's a pervert. You have to let him, like, rest his head on your lap and stuff. Uh, she just wants to get a promotion so that she is able to customize her uniform and can make it so she doesn't have a miniskirt since everyone in town has seen her panties. Cool. Uh, that's pretty much, that. I think that kind of describes the show. Also, the counts don't mean anything. You know that game show where the points don't mean anything? Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, don't bring yeah. whose line into this discussion. Yeah. This the, seems rude to whose line. The premise of the counts is it's just meaningless. Counts don't mean anything. It's like a power level, but it it doesn't mean anything. They never explain why counts are important other than if it happens to be combat related, it means a power level. For everybody else, the difference between 1 and 900, there's none. I don't know why there's counts in this show. It seemed like a cool premise, except it's not interacting with it at all. So all you get is girls getting harassed for no reason. All right. That's probably uh... Uh, I'm still, I don't know if I'm still watching Pet. I'm behind on it, and I'm not sure it's worth catching up on. I was kind of keeping up with it because it reminds me of the kind of fake, deep, edgy series I 
used to read as a teenager, but I don't know if that's a good reason to keep watching it, uh, because it's not good. It's ne- it's never good, and sometimes it's just out and out offensive. Like it keep it's the kind of series that introduces marginalized people for shock value and then kills them off. Uh, yeah, there's kind of the main the reason I had been watching is because I'm kind of in I was kind of interested in the main relationship between the two younger guys, one of whom is clearly a lot more adoring of the other one who's kind of putting on a front and clearly using him, but. Uh, the rest of the cast sucks. Everyone in the cast sucks except for the 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 one nice boy. So I will probably end up watch uh, dropping this before the end of the series, and I certainly don't recommend that any of you watch it. And that's and it's on Amazon anyway, so it's fine. No one is watching it. Wasn't there an interesting creator involved in that? Uh oh, it uh it shares the same director as Samurai Flamenco, but oh. uh, go watch Samurai Flamenco instead. Yeah, that was the connection. Wow surprising yeah you would think but no it's not even as it has some really beautiful direction on some of the because it's a lot of mind diving stuff and sometimes the inner dream sequences can are quite pretty but it's just not enough to to balance out the other stuff okay yeah that sucks yeah uh science fell in love peter anything is it still exactly the same joke um I mean, there's a much bigger cast now. Everybody's in on studying what what is love. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> for whatever reasons you would object to it initially, I'd, I'd say, yeah, nothing that is changed. I personally find it entertaining. But yeah, it's pretty much, you know the premise. It's a sitcom. All right, so I'm still not watching that. Cool. Good to mm-hmm. know. Uh, one thing I did mean to watch and just did not have time because life is number 24, which... Caitlin, I hear it's good. It's pretty good. Um, it's definitely... I'm I'm considering dropping it, not because it's bad, but just because, you know, me, I will drop series if I'm just not feeling it super hard, and I'm not feeling it super hard. You know, speaking in terms of just, you know, feminist stuff, like, there's been no female characters, there haven't been any more fat jokes or anything, um, so that's fine. It's fine, but... Uh, but the cast is so huge. Mm, that's always um, the killer. It's an original series, but it does kind of feel like uh, something based on a gotcha game, which is not ideal for me. A lot of these side characters, it's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know why we're spending time with you. Um, there's too many of you to keep track of. Your comedy is not working for me. The really strong parts are the ones dealing with Natsusa's injury Hmm. because it was a life-changing injury. He's still trying to cope with it. The team's still trying to cope with it. A lot of people, there's a lot of different forms of grief around it. There's anger. There's, there's, what are the different stages of grief? I don't know. But like, you know, there are characters who are angry at him. There are characters who are just like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Um, It was a real like you can see that he was a really important part of the team. And when he was injured, it was huge for so many of them. So there was a really good sense of history there. I just wish the cast weren't so hugely unwieldy. Mm. Seems like an odd choice for an anime original. 
especially is it going to be two core is it just one core uh as far as i know because if it was two core then fine whatever you you have time to explore a cast that size but it seems over ambitious at best and possibly a bit cynical at worst yeah it is yeah it is a single core series so we are halfway and it is it just seems um unwieldy Mm. i wish it had like much more like focused storytelling um because it could have been a really great sports series that's too bad also lots of queer baiting honestly like a lot of them like holding like being very physical with each other. No, it's unfair to call it queer baiting. Ship teasy sh- stuff. Ship teasy stuff. Mm-hmm. But nothing ever substantial enough to like feel like it anything's going to come of it. Right. Also the sports itself aren't very good. They barely show rugby. Mm. Um so, <laughs> yeah. It has it does not live up to its potential in my opinion. Oh, well, that's too bad. Alright, so ID Invaded, or Id Invaded, I'm genuinely unsure. I dropped this after three episodes. Peter, you're still watching it. I heard it got buck wild. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But, like, I just directionlessly crazy? I don't know. I think the strength of the show is all the psychic realms that they have to go into. Mm, and the fact definitely. that it's basically just psychopaths, except the female protagonist actually does things. <laughs> That was what I liked about it while I was watching it, yes. Yeah, but the director is the same guy as Psychopaths, actually, right? Otaro? No, 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 it's okay. uh, it's not. That was Urobuchi. Uh, it's the same guy as Fate Zero. Okay, I thought, well, I mean, Urobuchi, he didn't, did he direct Psychopaths? I thought he just wrote it. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember. No, Urobuchi's right just now. a writer. Okay. He doesn't yeah. direct. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fate Zero. And this... Wandering Sun? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, like, I think it has the same problem as Psychopaths does, where it just has a weird boogeyman villain who really just kind of ruins the premise of the entire show. Um, I think Johnny Walker, the whiskey guy, is completely unnecessary. It would probably, yeah, if they had just made it like a monster of the week, the monster being a cool new psychic plane uh, investigation series, it would have been very good, alongside the, the female detective's kind of development from a rookie into i guess she's like joined the elite squad now and she started using the i think what's it called the misohaname the inception dream diving machine uh-huh. uh yeah where, well. yeah and her outfit is uh, like a sherlock holmes outfit when she appears there which is very Ooh. good wait uh hold on i'm gonna stop you so people don't tweet at us the director of uh psychopaths was shiotani naoyoshi Okay. I thought there was a psychopath connection, but beyond just the obvious psychopath influence. You'd think that, but not that I'm finding. Oh, well. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't care about Johnny Walker at all. I don't see how he helps anything, but the psychic plane stuff is fun. They might uh, go full Inception and have to dive into a dream inside of a dream soon dream within a dream yeah it also had the craziest fight scene i've ever seen where she tries to shoot a guy who also had had a hole drilled in his head and the bullet went through the hole uh not harming him at all what that's not how anything but okay yeah it was uh yeah she emptied a whole gun into him and then just picked up a knife and killed him so i i hear the production uh i or rather 
I have seen some interesting gifts that uh, this is the show of the season where the animators are having some trouble. Poor things. I mean, I wouldn't hang out ID Invaded to dry just in comparison to many other shows this season. Um, it does have some moments like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, those moments definitely exist. You saw what is actually in the show. But I mean, I think the the spirit... I don't know what to call these stupid... Oh, they're called wells, I guess. I'll just call them what they call yeah. them in the series. Those are always uh, pretty neat. I am pretty much watching the show almost exclusively for those and to see what uh, the girl does, whose name escapes me. Momoki? I think that's her name. Nakane. No, that's not her name, as in j- just not, you know, the, the Nakane. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, I gotcha. I made a bad mm. pun. Anyway. Uh. All right, uh... Anything else on that one, then? I, no. It sounds like that's basically the same as when I was watching it three episodes in, is the dialogue is very, very boring, and the Idwell sequences are very cool, but they're yeah. also only half the episode. <laughs> yeah, well, now we've got more, although now she's diving into the well thing, so I don't know if we're going to get more, like, side investigation stuff uh, with the, like, on-the-site detectives. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see if that part of the show, I like that part as well, but that might be going away now that she's the new... I mean, I guess they don't want the serial killer doing all their investigating in the wells for them anymore. Um, I'm just concerned that once they really get into the Johnny Walker subplot, all the good things are going to go away, and it's just going to be about this stupid boogeyman nobody gives a shit about. Uh, So I might have some different stuff to say at the end of the season. (laughs) We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, So skipping up the list a little bit, I... I only watched three episodes of this series, and it wasn't really clicking for me, but I did want to give a shout-out to Uchitama, which Chiaki and Dee are both big fans of this season, and I can see why. It's it's very kind of cute and low-key and harmless, but the humor gets really kind of absurd and weird, like they... Two of the pets argue over who is the coolest in the neighborhood, so they summon each of them there, and it turns into a sumo fight, but also it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card game, and also at one point there is a giant black hole into another dimension, and it's a weird show, but in kind of a a (laughs) cute and appealing sort of way. It's, It's just not something I'm feeling this season, but I think if that's your kind of genre, it might not, it might be one to check out. Yeah, it like sounded I, like it went full pop team epic, which not, I didn't watch. Not quite that much. It's not quite that intense. There's a lot of just see- scenes of them motoring about chilling, and then it gets weird for a while. So it's a lot lower key, but Wait, did but, you say yeah. mu- muttering about chilling? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what they do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. No, no, they, they sort of motor around the neighborhood. And oh, okay. Pets, <laughs> you know, like you do. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Uh, so that brings us to the first show on the se- on the uh, list that everybody is watching, which is Toilet Bound Hanako-kun, the best anime to have the worst title. I mean, I don't think the title's that bad if you have, like, some grounding in, like, Japanese folklore, because I pretty much immediately realized, like, oh, like, the toilet ghost, Hanako. Oh, I thought it was from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, no, Hanako, you... S- yeah, I know. I mean, is it just because okay. I watched Haunted Junction? Hanako's, like, a really common Yeah, yeah, ghost. I know. Like, I oh, it's a well-known... I'm sure in Japanese it it, it reads immediately, but the English translation, it's not their fault. I don't think there's a better 
less awkward way they could have done it. But if you, it's very hard to introduce to newbies. It's, it, it's just, which is a shame because this with show. Toilet in the title. Uh-huh. Yeah. And anime was a mistake. So, you know, I don't blame people for assuming. But this might be my favorite of the season. It's certainly tied with the one that everybody likes, which we'll get to at the end. My Hero Academia. Yep, that's it, Peter. <laughs> yeah, right. Vry loves My Hero Academia. You know how I'm really into Shonen Jump Long Runners? They're my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're not watching this, I feel like you absolutely should give it a shot because it is just drop dead gorgeous and the acting is great and the atmosphere is great and my feelings. It's real. It's so good. Oh my gosh. The last step episode almost made me cry it was so good and and suda suda san was there and i really love seeing him in things he's so good yeah it's really fun i think it's uh interesting that uh, i've been seeing like a lot of corollaries this season and uh i'm i'm interested especially with the last episode where i guess they're talking about how maybe somebody is uh manipulating the rumors uh, which is basically also the premise of Inspector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also of uh, Magia Record. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess they sort of implied that. I'm, uh, I think I'm an episode behind on that one. I guess we'll talk mm. about it when we get there, though. Yeah, but, yeah, I, there's just, it, I don't know, it, this is one of those that's so hard to talk about without just falling into, to not very helpful gushing, because it's just so incredibly special feeling, which isn't very specific. But I don't know, the characters are all really likable. It's got that distinct art style. The art direction is good. Uh, this is this is the first time I've watched one of, one of his shows, because I missed uh, School Live somehow. And oh, also, really? Yeah. You would have liked School Live. It's on my list. <laughs> the list that only gets longer. It only ever gets longer. But yeah, this uh, this director has that panel in panel style that's working really well for this show. Ondo. Yes, Ondo. It's good shit. And also Megumi Ogata is there. And why would you ever miss a show with Megumi Ogata in it? Oh, she is really is just absolutely legendary. Uh-huh. Uh, and the feelings are good. And the, the heroine is such a good girl. And I love her. And- they're all good kids, guys. They are. <laughs> oh, I was wondering why it was so far down. I guess we just had a lot of harmless fun series this season. Yeah, because it's I was not like, really we talking about it. It 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 has been on the verge occasionally of touching on some meteor, possibly feminist relevant themes, but I I don't think it's enough to put it up in that category really. So it's down here in harmless fun, but it's also like quite excellent. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those shows that kind of reveals the flaws in that system. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's more than just harmless fun, but it doesn't really have those sort of feminist themes that we sort of look for in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where it is right now. Uh, anything else we didn't cover besides It Good Watch? I just, I just love Nene so much. Nene is so good. She's such a good girl. Listen, people need to understand that thick legs are good. <laughs> mm. You support her daikon legs? I do. 
The clients save lives, everyone. <laughs> the sooner you realize that, the better. All right. A heck of an endorsement. Uh, Somali and the Forest Spirit, you two are both watching this. Yeah. Yes. How's it going? Uh, it's really good. Um, I played catch up yesterday and watched a whole bunch of episodes in a row and it didn't feel like a slog, which is always nice because I'm not the marathon marathoning type. I really enjoy what has to say about like caring for children. Mm. Like it's very much a very like a very like classic single dad anime with a lot of different um, fantasy trappings. But it's just, like, the part where the rabbit dad was talking to to the golem about, like, yeah, your child shouldn't be scared of you. And, like, yes, sometimes I do something that is, like, genuinely upsets my child in a way that it shouldn't. And I apologize, you know, when I make mistakes, which is not a sentiment you see a lot in parenting series, like the idea that like you can make mis it's okay to make mistakes and it's also okay to apologize and try to make amends for those mistakes because a lot of adults don't like admitting they're wrong to children so that really struck me yeah it it seems like a very thoughtful little show it is and quite quite lovely it, it's not one that i didn't it, it's one of those that i was like yeah I, this looks nice but i just don't have time on my watch list but it it really looks good any thoughts, Peter? Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I really like it for the the exploration stuff. I think I, I would like a lot of the... I like know I do like anime like this because I really like Sweetness and Lightning. Um, but I'm not quite clicking with Somali. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think I feel about Somali the same way you did about uh, the daughter. And if it's for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord. Yeah, she is a little bit too cute. Yeah, I I will definitely give you that. Yeah, very um, one, one dimensional child character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I like her a little bit more. She's got a little bit more spirit, a little bit more sass. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I definitely like. It is the discussions more the discussions about caring for children that is interesting to me rather than, um, the actual child herself. Yeah, and it's got, like, a really big cast of weird monster side characters they run into. Mm -hmm. I actually need to watch the new episode because I think that's the one where the bird person shows up, which I was looking yeah. forward to. Really love the character designs, so I'm, like, always eager when I watch the next episode preview to see the next one just because the design is so out there. I want to see what the character is like. Yeah, good show, though. Mm-hmm. Good show. Yeah. All right, we got yeah, we got a lot of solid middle of the pack stuff this season. I feel like, mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, although that our next series is Infinite Dendrogram, which Dendrogram, excuse me, which Peter you said was the other one you were thinking about dropping, right? One of three, yeah. The other one, Sorcerer Stabber Orphan, which has all the awkwardness of the '90s and none of the good animation. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't I don't get why that was ever popular. If that's keeping true to the the main one. I'm so bored. Um, but Dendogram, I feel, is uh, maybe the most cowardly thing I've ever watched because it yeah. wants it wants to be fantasy, but it is not brave enough to make a fantasy settings without video game trappings that allow you to easily contextualize everything. 
Mm. Like, if you look at any of the subplots, it's like, oh my god, isn't it awful that this person's doing this thing to these, like, helpless people? But then you realize they're just video game NPCs, and the stakes just fall away. And you realize if the character dies, he's just going to get, like, logged out for a day or something. Um, and so it's really not about a video game they're playing. I thought the their attempt to ray, to gin up some stakes for this one was the AI have permadeath, and they're, like, hyper-advanced AI. Yes, they do say that, but then they do not introduce a single AI character that lasts more than five minutes. So, like, oh. I, like oh. Sword Art Online did a better job of that, I think, because they're hyper-advanced AI, and many of the main characters are those AI characters who have feelings and backstories and constantly have interactions with the main characters, so you feel like they're real people. In this one, they're just uh, fodder for evil players to fuck around with. So, it you just... You intellectually understand, oh, maybe they're, like, you know, intelligent, uh, or they have feelings, or it's really awful if they die, but the series does not treat them that way, so I don't get it at all. All right. Well, be free. Be free, sir. On the bright side, uh, next one up is a good MMO series. It's uh, Bofori. Yeah. Which Which uh, is good. I, I don't. I don't know if I can. It's. It's a really fun series. Uh, I'm. I can't really think of another series I could really compare it to, because it's definitely like a ESHK series. But usually those. It's like one with a lot of combat, but it, those two usually don't mix together. It really reminds me more of hobby shows like um, like Laidback Camp, honestly. Cause, except the hobby is we're getting together and making friends, playing an MMO. Yeah, for gamers. Uh, it looks so nice. Like, Silverlink has done a gorgeous job with this mm-hmm. show. Like, it's bright and appealing. Um, it's well-directed. I really like the... Like, the designs are a little bit doofy, fantasy, absurd, but they don't feel sleazy or fan y And I yeah. really like the cast. It's... I'm so surprised at this show. I thought I would drop it after the first episode. And now it's definitely my go... Like, my favorite chill-out show of the season, probably. Yeah, I think I, I get what you're saying about the character designs, but also like I think in any MMORPG, like who's going to make their character not look like the main character that they wanted to have in a game? Uh, but yeah, like it never goes into like none of the character designs are problematic. They're just very weird because they're all made by teenagers who have very weird aesthetic uh, tastes, I guess, mm. or by I don't know how young the sisters are. But I mean, like, but I mean, that's what I mean is that it's kind of like, yeah, these are stylish, silly. This one has a boob cutout window and this one's a midriff shirt in your fantasy world or whatever. But it's not like, and here's the titty armor with five million close ups. Like it's, it it rides that line very well of these are flashy clothes, but it doesn't feel like our, our teenage protagonists are being leered at. Yeah. The camera's not doing bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, I, I thought it had some really good use of 3D, uh, like in, oh my god, what's the fast girl's name? Oh so no, I can't remember. I yeah. can't, uh, Sally, Any, Sally is her Sally. In- Yeah, that's right. When she got in some early fights, they were doing some, like, uh, like switches between 2D and 3D uh, when she was doing some, like, maneuvers against that giant fish, mm-hmm. and I, it looked really good. It was like, um, they hit it. I don't want to say the CG and or animation was as good as Vinland Saga, but I think they hit the transitions about as well as Vinland Saga did. Again, this is the chill-out show about ha- playing in an MMO and nobody dies. It Like, the, the stakes are, 
we had I fell asleep in school the next day because I played the MMO too long. Yeah, but it looks just better than I think most a lot of shows have the the budget to to de- or the the resources to devote to. And it, it's good. There's clearly a lot of love and care in here. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the arc about her having gamer brain. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it was very cute. Yeah. Uh. It's not really, I don't think it's going to turn into anything super epic. It's just, they have a nice time. It's good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, like, I didn't watch MMO Junkie, but I feel like maybe this will soothe the hole in some people's hearts after all of that went down. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I don't know if it'll, like, enter my, uh, like, what do you, I don't even know what to call it. My big, like, or rather, actually small list of top Iashike shows that I could probably watch at any time and, like, really feel nice watching them, like Laid Back Camp or Tanaka Kun is Always Listless. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely, I do not mind watching it every week. So I'm having yeah. a lot of fun with the show. Yeah, it's definitely not one of my all-time tops, but so far it's definitely one of my favorites of the season. So that's Yeah, something. no regrets watching it week to week. Uh, you know what? It was is a a chill out show that I super dropped is Asteroid and Love. <laughs> yeah, like, you're still watching <laughs> it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about it. I don't think it's really done anything bad. I do think some of the characters have like weird possessiveness toward other characters. That's like, I mean, especially given the um the studio's history. Uh like has some weird feelings about it but it hasn't really you know crossed the span into anything uncomfortable um i don't know if i would even have be having those thoughts if i didn't know what else the studio had made you know what i mean right i think it's like its major problem is it's just it it's like an ishike but i don't get that same vibe and it's not funny it's like not, not a funny comedy either there's like jokes and peaceful stuff but i don't think it really it it's just kind of a more throwaway yashike i don't i don't really get a strong impression off of it i guess yeah when i uh did the three episode review i i said that uh cute girls doing cute things is a really unfair designation for a lot of the hobby anime genre or just like archetypal you know four girls do a thing type shows but boy i feel like this show deserves the cute girls doing cute things label oh for sure because it just, it feels like it's not really committed to any one thing that it does. And there's, it, it ejects the brains of its characters right out into space. Like, uh, the, the, Ao, Ao failing a test because she was so busy thinking about a pretty star she wrote, the, she saw the night before. That she yeah. writes the star's name instead of her own on her test. Like, for mm. real? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, and that just seemed to be, like, for a joke, but <laughs> it didn't really feel like a joke. I didn't feel like laughing, so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not an offensive show, but I just, a show has to be really boring for it to be Yuri and, and for me to drop it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think they do, uh, like, they get into their hobbies a bit, because they do talk about, there's, like, neat factoids about uh, geology and um, uh, the study of space. I forgot. Yeah, I know. know I I mean, I know there are some folks in the comments who've been, uh, who are like kind of into that stuff, who've been really enjoying those parts of the show. So that's great. Yeah. And they go on like field trips to real places. uh, Mm -hmm. So I definitely know Wilhelm's going to have a fun time uh, taking pictures 
in all the same scenes and stuff. Uh, they actually go to the same Jackson Museum that's in Space Brothers, if anybody else has watched that anime, which no, is I'm... extremely good. Oh, it's very good. Um, but they didn't reference Space Brothers, which upset me a lot because they were like, there's a scene where he, the main character in Space Brothers, there's a spacesuit and he walks up so he can see his reflection in the helmet and imagine he's inside of it. And they don't just, just do that exact same thing with the girls. Why don't you reference that? Like, it's very iconic. Space Brothers is more popular in Japan. Watch Space Brothers. It's just very <laughs> long, Peter. I feel like a lot of people missed it because it's very long. Uh, a little bit. It's worth it, though. Hmm. That that's okay. That's my my takeaway from Asteroid in Love is everybody needs to watch Space Brothers. All right. That's Fair my enough. review. Yeah. What about uh, a destructive god sits next to me? Is there anything worth saying about it? Um, I feel like if you watch the first episode, you get a pretty good idea of what the series is like. I kind of I I don't know if I like jive with it really well because I feel I know I think Caitlin, you reviewed it right the first episode. Which one? Uh, destructive god sits next to me yeah yeah and you didn't get a good vibe off the main character no he's kind of an asshole okay i kind of got the opposite vibe where i i feel like a lot of the time he just wants to be normal and all these people are kind of chasing him around um maybe it shifts midway or something like that the the blonde guy i think is actually evil um and i don't know how they keep introducing more crazy people like the kid with the scythe or why the kid with the scythe is around to walk around the school with a giant scythe um yeah it's very i don't know i i don't know even know what to say about the series now that i think about it it's <laughs> it's still a funny sometimes comedy. yeah funny sometimes very confusing a lot of the time and i feel bad for different characters at different times but i don't know if i ever feel good for any of them all right. Well, I, I guess let's move on then, because we're top si- the top half always takes a little longer, and we're down to the last twenty. So yeah, uh, I'll keep it brief. Twenty two seven. I don't know why I'm still watching it. It has taken the turn that I feel like is becoming more common in idol shows, where you get sort of the weird gimmick to bring people in, and then you kind of fall back on the archetypes of of you know this is kind of the progression of how it goes. I like the main characters. There's kind of a class S type thing going on with two of them, which I'm sort of watching to see if it still goes. I'm an episode behind, by the way. But there's... It's not that I hate it. In some ways, I think that it is very well made. And I can see how if you are into idols, this would go on. But I sort of resent that it comes in hard with the main character in the first episode being like, this is all fake, this is bullshit, you know, there's, as, as though she's critiquing the industry, uh, basic, and it's ultimately setting her up as a straw man, basically, because now the wall has provided for her every need, it's providing for her family, and it means she doesn't have her job anymore, and it's a solution to her depression, because the stage just makes her feel happy, and it's what was missing her in her life, and she can write songs again now. Truly, idols are the answer to all of your problems. Yep. That just become an idol. uncomfortable. Yeah. You'll never suffer again. Uh-huh. And, like, I'll talk about I'll talk about it again in a second, but honestly, I respect that a lot less than I do, um, Idol Budokan which 
is a show that is pretty unabashedly about idol fandom and how idol fan and and like very affectionate about hyper idol fans, but is ironically much better at being at least a little bit uh lightly critical of the industry, which I respect a heck of a lot more than this. We well we we're gonna go in hard, but actually actually this is a benevolent thing that is good for them all along. So I don't know. It was never going to be a huge commentary because it's voiced by a real group it is what it is you're either into it or you're not yeah i got i'm i'm watching it as it comes out on crunchyroll so i've only seen like the first episode i think the second one recently came out um but just just the first episode i got the vibe where it's like like look at this idiot who's about to be proved wrong about idols and how great they are yep that's that's still where it's at that's just the the vibe i got off the show very weird uh so magia record Caitlin, mm-hmm. you're not watching this one? Not into it? Nope. Alright. I'm into it. Um, it's definitely not... It has... Its biggest problem right now is that it's based on a mobile game, which I don't mean in that mobile games are inherently bad, but they do structurally... They are structurally not meant to be about a main plot. They're, they're meant to go on for a very long time and have a lot of characters that have these miniature arcs or character plots that you can take on little pieces at a time and get invested in. And that's really hard when you try to come over to a a contained medium like anime or film or whatever, where you just have to have one strong through narrative. But then all of a sudden, ah shit, we have all these characters that the audience likes and expects to see. So now the show feels overstuffed, which Magia Record does have that problem, which is a shame because otherwise I played a little bit of the mobile game I wasn't super into it, partly because it is terrifying to try to come into a mobile game several years into it. It's deeply overwhelming. Um, Very, very stressful, honestly. Uh, But from what I had played, the anime does a pretty solid job at streamlining the story for a passive medium. And it is aesthetically drop-dead gorgeous. So that alone has honestly been enough to sustain me. How about you, Peter? Um, I definitely see what you mean about the mobile game aspects, because I was, uh, during, uh, where they go to the grocery store because of the time sale, Mm -hmm. and they have that, I was like, that is a random encounter that they just had. They just, like, have a very short, unremarkable fight, beat the guy, and then the story progresses. Uh, was not Mm -hmm. a fan of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, like, I think they pull off the same, like, kind of, like, paper art look that the original Madoka had, um, but I feel like it's, uh, the actual animation itself, um, isn't, and, like, kind of, uh, how do I want to describe this, uh, the themes of all the magical girls aren't as, like, clean as the original Madoka, so whenever the characters are moving in relationship to this world, I feel like you can really see that it didn't get the same attention when it came to animating the show, and like I, I, none of the girls, the way they fight is very interesting, or I think their like aesthetics aren't as cool. And it feels bad because you're trying to compare this series to like <laughs> one of the most famous anime ever created, uh, uh, which would like really rode off of its unique aesthetic. Um, so it feels like almost an unfair comparison, but I guess they're the ones who decided to try to make the sequel. Um, Story wise. I guess they're, yeah, they're still building out this rumor thing. Um, I guess it's kind of like a 
wait and see whether they pull some sort of really cool turn like the first series did. But I I think they're just going to kind of keep it low key because trying to out Urobuchi Urobuchi seems like a really stupid thing to try to do. I mean, <laughs> I'm into the relative lesser. Don't I like Madoka as much as I dunk on it? I really do like it. Um, yeah. As I look over at my Homura figure on my bookcase, um, <laughs> but. I feel like there is a tragedy porn element that one can very, very credibly accuse the original of that's missing here. But I also feel like the original had this masterful sense of claustrophobia that's also missing here, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I also think, like, in retrospect, Madoka is one of the people who balanced Dark Magical Girls the best, especially given all the things that were inspired by it, which just completely go overboard, and they are, in fact, suffering porn. Mm -hmm. So whether or not they can, like, it's a tightrope walk, uh, and I don't, I wouldn't trust too many people to try to pull it off. Um, So since Urobuchi is involved, I don't know whether, like, especially given... is the thing. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the designers, the witch designers, are writing this one, which is very interesting to me because I believe they are both women. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, like, like the last episode, I know it, it's like it's starting to get into the, the awful stuff happening to the girls' part. So I think this is like the moment of truth, whether or not it's just going to be like gross or in service of some narrative, I guess. They're doing some interesting stuff that makes me kind of hopeful. Like, I'm. The fact that this oh, but Fry, you know what Madoka taught us about hope that yeah. that that it's good and gay Jesus will save you someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the like this series seems to be revolving. Uh, spoilers, I guess, if you're people are if you're trying to go into this one completely unawares and you're listening to a mid season podcast. But this one is revolving around the idea that these girls can become witches and turn back which I think is potentially really interesting as a dynamic shift to the, you know, the thematic use of witches in the original series. And there was also a really nice scene at the end of episode seven where the character who's kind of the berserker, destroy all witches type, actually gets, you know, the, the it, it starts out as the kind of traditional, well, you, you just don't have, you shouldn't be so mad about it. It's okay, we'll... we'll will help you really get a handle on things. And she snaps back at them like, why aren't I allowed to be angry? Why am I the only one who has to control myself? Because my, my family is dead um, and everything is bad. And they apologize to her. And I think that's like, I I haven't seen that many anime that are like, no, this, this female character should be allowed to be angry and not pleasant all the time. I thought that was interesting. Oh, damn. I'm probably really gonna like that episode. It was good. Like, I... It's up at the... It's... There are disagreements as to whether this is going to be one core or two core. I think if it's only one, then it's going to probably not be able to pay off a lot of the stuff it's building up. But if it's two, I think there's some potential here. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really comes down to the... Kind of the latter half and conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's... Let's move on to Inspector, which, Caitlin, you haven't gotten to talk for a while. Yeah, so Inspector is... Hmm. Hmm. I see. Um. What? 
Damn, you got me at the edge of my seat right now. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about what to say about Inspector. Um, so Inspector right now has, I feel like, crystallized into the form that it is uh, supposed to be, which is a lot talkier than I initially uh, would have thought from the first episode. Um it's a lot more two characters talking about mysteries and logicking their way through it than um, actually going out and fighting hmm. or actually going out and solving mysteries, which I have mixed feelings about. Uh, and also <laughs> mixed fe a little bit mixed feelings about Kotoko. Hmm. Uh, because she is... She First of all, time skip, two years later, no discourse about age differences here. All right. That's a big triumph. It's always nice um, when we don't have to discourse. It's always great when we don't have to discourse. Um, but she is a complete gremlin. Yep. She, <laughs> she is. <laughs> uh, she is the kind of person who gets knocked on her butt and it's like it's okay it wasn't as bad as getting deflowered just in a way to be like I had sex guys mm. which I like know people out there like that so <laughs> that seems pretty real Um, I'm not sure whether or not she and Kuro actually have a relationship yeah they that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen like, it's a little awkward, just like, does he actually hate her? Or is he just a tsundere? I'm like 10 volumes in to the manga, and I can't answer that question. Oh, that's oh, bad. Great. Oh, great. Yeah. That bodes really well. I mean, they're still, they're still hanging out together, so there's something going on. He's like a mega tsun, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like Saki. Oh yeah, um, she's good. I think she's the most interesting character so far because, uh, her feelings, uh, her absolute rage and frustration at seeing, even though she dumped Crow, at seeing him with a different girl, question mark, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> are pretty, pretty believable, pretty real. Um... She definitely, like, when they talk about her losing weight, it looks to me like unhealthy weight loss. Um, even though she says it's about her new job, for some reason, my, like, I really want it to be about her. Like, she has been, she has some unresolved trauma and thus it is messed with her diet and she has, like, unhealthily lost weight. So... If it really is just like, oh, she's a police officer, so she has gotten super skinny? Because that's how that works. I thought she was implying that her job was really stressful, so she was losing weight. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think it, it was either or. It was unhealthy weight loss. Uh, but um, she's definitely the most, like, real feeling characters character so far. Yeah, just the, the one thing is that seeing Saki and Kotoko next to each other made me realize that Kotoko has those toddler proportions that drive me crazy in anime when she's, like, 
when it's all the characters, it's not so bad. But like when most of the other characters are like fairly normally proportioned, then Kotoko's got this like this big head, and it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. She looks like a child next to the other characters. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I like Inspector. I like Kotoko. I like Saki. Um, Kuro is just a very interesting character. Do you have anything to add, Peter? Uh, I also really like Inspector. I originally thought it was going to be like a Monster of the Week thing, but then, the, like, especially this story arc just keeps escalating and escalating until, like, it gets to be... I personally find the dialogue very punchy. I like it. It is. Um, it is definitely very punchy. Yeah, but uh, it kind of becomes, like... Death Note, which uh, I, I don't know if it's safe to really describe how. Um, although I guess you're seeing it a little bit already with like, uh, I, I like how they kind of are looking at mysteries from a different perspective where it's not really necessarily about what really happened, but about why we're trying to find out what happened and how the answer will be of service to anyone um, or like what caused the mystery to manifest itself in the first place like why people are inclined to believe one thing or another i think like looking at a mystery from all those angles is really interesting especially in the way it like executes itself in the story and i'm i really love how this arc kind of grows into like a a really big conflict uh and like the origination of every like the steel laden and ase and stuff i think it's i i mean i obviously i know what happened since i read ahead um but i think the anime is doing a really good job with it as well I think it's just, like, a super cool series. Uh, last ten minutes. Dee's gonna murder me. We're gonna go over. Uh, let's try and keep it as brief as we can. Uh, oh, Idol Budokan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking the show that I strap in to watch every week, even though I don't quite know why. Honestly, <sighs> the show that this reminds me most of is After the Rain, which may surprise some people because I very much don't like After the Rain, but it is another very prettily animated series about... An extremely fraught topic that is normally handled quite badly by media at large. Uh, in that case, it was teenagers having crushes on adults. In this case, it is about idol fandom. And uh, it doesn't necessarily handle it with all the due grace. And but there, and whether or not you get anything out of the show's small moments of quite nice humanity will depend on whether you can get over that very understandably difficult hurdle of the premise issue because every so often the framing will somehow leap up and bite you in the face by fucking up uh i said before that i i respect this show a lot more than what 227 was doing because yes it is about like idle uber fans and in this case they are an underground fandom this is a band that has like 50 fans um but it actually does things like the the idol the the members of the idol group will be like it makes us really uncomfortable during these ranking events that that they're pitting us against one another or uh eripio and some of her dude friends will be like yeah it really sucks that uh this group has been so mis mismarketed like they're really they, they really don't care about any of the other girls except for the the ones at the center that they're really trying to promote, and that's too bad. And, it, like, it's not, that's not perfect blue or anything, but it's really, it's really all I want, 
I don't need every show, every idol show to be perfect blue. I just want at least that level of willingness to say, sometimes this shit is unfair and it's game playing. It, uh, the, and not the sort of fake seeming, everything is great and awesome and this will answer all of your dreams. And like, because Budokan does that, I am able to buy in a little more to, yeah, I can see how this is healing and why it means so much to people and how it can be a really great communal thing. Although um, one of Arapio's friends, I forget, Foxface Dude, he's the fucking worst and I hate him every time he's on screen because he's he's the full on, like, I'm gonna marry this girl, I just want her to only care about me and I, I hate him. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And the other thing that makes this show really frustrating is that it runs on the most paper-thin misunderstandings. I take back everything bad I ever said about Fushigi Yugi because, like, half the time, what's keeping this relationship between, uh, Eripio and Mina from moving forward is that she just can't say something in the five seconds, in, in the minute or two that they have for a fan meetup. And so I guess we're gonna go for another episode with them misunderstanding each other. Okay, bye. Um, but yeah, it has enough surprisingly deft writing in it to keep me going, even though it will probably end up disappointing me in the end. Also, there's an idle B couple because the B couple in a rom-com is always the best one, and they're very good. And honestly, that subplot is the best part of the show. Anyway, so that's that. Caitlin, smile down the runway. I dropped it. You didn't. I didn't. I haven't, um... Smile Down the Runway is sort of keeping on, keeping on. Um, Ikuto is definitely the protagonist at this point. Like, Chiyuki is, she has her own arc. Um, but Ikuto's, uh, Ikuto's got the much more interesting story going on. Because mm. um, he is, like, they had a competition, like, at a fashion school and that he was going to participate in. And they're like all right, this is the budget you have for this. And like in the, like he does well in the competition, but he gets called out for not spending his entire budget. And they're like, as a fashion designer, you can't do that. And he's like, but that is my sister's money. Like I cannot, I can't spend that much money. Hmm. So it is, um, it is not addressing as hard the, Finance, sort of financial realities, but it is addressing them somewhat. Um, and he's just a good boy. He's he's really sweet. Um, he is the kind of shonen. Per he's not like a. Even though it does follow a little bit of shonen formula, he's not like a standard shonen protagonist because he's very quiet, very shy. Um, just very nice. Very nice to watch. Um, I wish the clothing designs in this damn show were better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels weird that a show about fashion does not look very good. Yeah, it's so boring the, to look at. Yeah. Some of the clothes look okay, but like everything Ito designs is but ugly. Really loves checker patterns. Now, to be fair, um,. I watch real fashion shows and I look at some of the designs that do well and I go, really? That is but ugly. Yeah, but he's supposed <laughs> to be like a genius savant designer. Yeah. The pajamas he designed in the last couple episodes? No. 
No, <laughs> they're good. ugly. They look like clown clothes. All right. Have the, uh, is that, I was definitely talking with some people on Twitter who, uh, warned me that the manga's handling of queer characters is not good. How has the anime reached that point? Uh, that has not come into play yet. I guess we'll see at the, uh, season end. But overall, you're having a good time. You're still, are you okay with Chuki becoming more of a secondary protagonist type thing? She's fine. <laughs> I feel like the author right. doesn't know how to write a plot about a supermodel so it's like i i feel like she just became a her story became secondary out of necessity because the author literally doesn't know enough to kind of make that narrative work outside of just dropping in occasionally to see how she's doing and tying it to his fashion progression or whatever yeah yeah Anytime she starts talking about being a hypermodel, I get that song stuck in my head that's like, I don't care what my teacher says. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'm the best oh, person come talking on. About it music. was in it was in Clueless. Ah. Uh-oh. Gonna be a supermodel. <laughs> I, I just think of the, whatever I think of Chuki, I think of that random Randy Newman song about short people. And then I feel really <laughs> cynical. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that you're still having a good time with it, though. Okay, oh god, I have to give this... So, one more shout-out before we end... Uh, or before we get into the last show. Uh, the Case Files of Jeweler Richard, or Dick Justice, as we call it in the NFM Slack. I am not watching this anymore. I know Chiaki still is and really is enjoying it as kind of a slow burn. Um, it still seems to be about... One of the, you know, it, it means very well. It wants to have a lot of cases about uh, marginalization and societal inequity and a lot of really admirable stuff. I think it's still kind of cold in its execution, but I think this is one to watch, if nothing else, um, especially if you're into case of the week shows. Uh, like I said, I haven't been keeping up with it, so I don't really have a whole lot of meaty discussion to add, but it felt wrong not to give it a nod at the very least. And is there anything to say about Keep Your Hands Off Ezekin that the entire internet has not screamed about already? Yes, it really is that great. Hmm. Um, I mean, Ezekin is my weekly Watch With Friends series right now. Um, and it really is just... So delightful spending time with those girls. They're so good. They're the best. Ezekin and Hanako are definitely my duking it out bests of the season. And they're so different, you don't really have to choose. Ezekin's very good. I, I, it's one of the, I really like a show where it's got like a central cast, a small like, you know, of the core characters. And I'm constantly cycling between them just going like, that one is definitely the one that is me. Oh, no, wait, no, this one's being me right now. Or it's just like all of them are so relatable. Uh, you feel like all of them, uh, they're like some sort of crystallized portion of your internalized anxiety or something at certain points of the day. Asakusa Although, is a big ADHD mood at yeah. all times. Yeah. And, and hyper anxiety. Uh-huh. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I can't breathe. What if people will criticize me? Oh, I love her because at, <laughs> at first you think she's just, like, a gremlin, and then you actually get to know her, 
And it's like, oh no, like she is, she is an anxiety. She's, she's a she's small anxiety bean. And Kanamori is uh, the internet darling of the season, and she deserves it. I love yeah. her. She could have so easily been, like, a bad, abusive character, too, but they balanced her so well. Mm-hmm. Like, so well. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, every, you always want to talk about, like, I think, that, or the instinct is to talk about the visuals in the series like this, but the character mm-hmm. writing is, like, I think by far the best part of the show. Yeah. Even behind all the science saru animation and the crazy, wild spectacle. It's crazy. No, it's just, it's it's got a lot, I, like, it, it is really imaginative to look at, but you're right, I don't think it would be so joyous and memorable if it didn't have the heart to back it up. And mm. it does! They're good, and they're so real. Don't sleep on this one, folks, if you've been holding back wondering, well, is it actually that good, or people just getting into it because of Sakuga? Uh, I mean, it is... Like, if you were into Shirobako type stuff about how the process works, this also has some of that, but it is all also just a wonderful watch about loving stuff and loving making stuff and being a weird teenager with your friends and fuck, it's good. I want to watch Azekin. They're good girls. Yeah. I, I like my main thought about it. I think if I had to like, like crystallize into a snappy like line or something is probably that this is going to have to be a spectacular year if any series is going to take my anime of 2008 or 2020 over this one yeah yeah it's yeah all right uh i think that wraps us up any last thoughts you two um i feel like d would probably want me to give haiku a shout out um i hadn't watched it at all before uh this season uh, since To the Top started, and I actually wanted to do research, and I ended up reading all of the available manga and all the previous episodes. Uh, so that was something like 60 episodes and 320 chapters. Uh, it's extremely good. I think Production IG has given it one of the best adaptations any Shonen Jump manga has ever gotten. Uh, and it's a very good story. So if you haven't picked that up, it's fun for everybody. I, it doesn't do a lot of the shitty stuff other Shonen Jump titles do either. So... I mean, it could have a bigger female cast, but other than that, it's it's really, really, really good. Lots of great characters. Right. Well, we'll have some time to visit it more at the uh, season ender. So good for all you good, good volleyball boy fans. I'm happy for you. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us for the midseason, folks. And we'll look forward to you at the season end podcast. If you liked what you heard, you can always look for more of our podcast by searching for Chatty AF on your podcatcher of choice or going to our website at www.animefeminist.com. And if you really liked what you heard, why not throw us a dollar on our Patreon at patreon.com slash animefeminist. Even a dollar a month helps us to create more content in your earbuds and on the page. We're really hoping to work towards bulking up uh, the pay for reviews in the future because keeping up with a bunch of stuff so we can do stuff like the three episodes, the premieres, and this podcast can be quite exhausting for all of us when we have day jobs. Uh, So next goal, next goal. In the meantime, you can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook at Anime Femme. We are on Tumblr at Anime Feminist. And we are on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And until next time, listeners, remember that Azekin is a good reminder of why we're all here watching anime in the first place. 